Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Hello and welcome to Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded and no treaties have been signed. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and into the future. On today's show we are playing a live recording from Bemused, an event held regularly at the Resistance Bar in Hawthorne, convened by Chung Ling Wong. The audio was recorded during the Melbourne Spoken Word and Poetry Festival on the 27th of July and features Die Cousins. Thank you. Let's welcome her. Thank you. Give her a warm round of applause. Thank you. And lovely to be here. And what a special place, the Resistance Bar. And what a perfect venue for um, our work, the work of the Red Cross and those of us who advocate for social justice. Um, So um, I've got a lot of uh, poems on the theme of refugees and I'm sort of wondering what kind of balance to put because sometimes the material can be a little bit heavy and confronting. Um, But that's where we're going, so we may as well get there. So I'll begin with um, a poem I wrote about a friend of mine. Um, So I've been uh, engaging with the refugees on Manus Island since, um, oh, since four years. And uh, one of my friends was Kamil Hussein and uh, he died after um, jumping into a a lake and hitting his head on a rock. So it was one of the 12 people who've died in offshore detention. Remembering Kamil Hussein who died on Manus Island after hitting his head on a rock while diving into a waterfall. Her father's body will arrive today by plane, not the nice clothes, earrings, shoes and necklaces she requested. Each night on the phone from Manus Island, she is four years old. For three years, her father was a refugee prisoner. Each night they talked, each night he said, the tears are coming from my eyes. He returns to Parachinar in the northwest of Pakistan, where the Shia die in the, by the bombs of the Taliban. In her photograph, she has a beige pleated top, a burgundy ruffled skirt, an intricate necklace and earrings. Behind her are green hills and trees. In her sad eyes, she looks for the face of her father she will not see. I wrote two poems for Mayuru and Sukumaran and Andrew Chan, um, who were the uh, Bali, uh, one, two of the Bali Nine who were executed on um, in Indonesia a couple of years ago. And um, Andrew Chan uh, was executed the day after he got married. So I thought, my God, better write a poem about that. So, poem for Andrew Chan on his wedding day. One love, 
one ring, one prayer, one kiss, one wife, one hope, one feeling, one now, one embrace, one bliss, one us, one night, one moment, one life, one breath, one joy, one soul, one dawn, one song, one grace, one shot, one loss. So on the same sort of theme, um, we had the awful atrocity in Christchurch uh, a couple of months ago, and um, so I wrote this. The same images are repeated over and over on all of the screens. Bewildered men, women and children stand outside, all consigned to stretchers, are carried away by ambulances. The killer filmed his entrance unopposed. Through the open mosque door, a welcome mat to all, not knowing this man would come with his guns. Will any place of worship now have an open door? Will every temple, mosque and church now be barricaded by metal detectors, burly men in uniform and x-ray checks of bags? The politicians who for 20 years nurtured hate to this community who allowed these far-right groups to flourish, take no responsibility for the 50 people who died, but this is their work. Um, so on another topic, we had um, International Child Free Day the other day. So for all of us who are happy to celebrate being child free, um, and it's really okay, <laughs> if you don't know already, it's actually really okay. Um, this is my child-free poem, Sliding Doors. My unborn child would be 28 by now, almost conceived in a tent in a rainforest outside Byron, beside a kerosene primer stove and a packet of Earl Grey tea. He would have red hair and green eyes and long legs and be good with his hands. And he would be eloquent. Life is decided in certain moments. These moments will be brief. You may not know when they are happening. The moment that you don't conceive. The moment you decide to leave the beautiful day and go to the philosophy class. The moment you land in India, the moment you return. Earlier on, the moment when you change schools and make other kinds of friends. The moment when you decide you've had enough of wandering and settle down. The moment when you decide to read your poems on stage. My unborn child existed only for a moment as an idea. If in that moment one thing had changed, everything would have changed. Baby, thank you for not changing my life. <laughs> um, so I might go back to... Um, no, I think I'll do another little romantic poem. 
The man who was disturbing my sleep has gone. He left at sunrise. When the snow on the mountain peaks shines gold in the dawn. To walk where there are no roads, where shepherds go across a glacier. Leaving the door open, the bed unmade. Taking with him his beautiful face and a little piece of my self-possession. Okay, now we'll get back to the serious stuff. I hope. So my, I was my father's guardian for some years and when he moved into a nursing home. So this is called Intersection. In the end, I am the only visitor. My father lies in bed after dinner, his face to the wall, not knowing where he is or how he got there. I give him chocolate and biscuits, tell him my news. Though he can't understand what I'm saying sometimes, his hearing was always bad. I text my friend again, send a photo. He is in a prison camp in Papua New Guinea, a refugee. The friend asks me to say hello from him, even if my father forgets it. I say hello from my friend, but it's a bit hard to explain. When all the rest of his life has gone, there's a guy in a jungle who can see his photo and who sends his best regards. Connection. My father worked in radio. He knows about recording voice. This telephone can record your voice, I say. There is a man in a jungle who wants to say hello, and this time he understands. The dining room of the nursing home is beige, and the framed prints of cheery landscapes are faded by the sun. He speaks into the microphone, I press send, and on Manus Island, my refugee responds. I play back his voice. The messages go back and forth. My father tells the refugee he is proud to know him. We sit at a square table with some old people who look but don't speak. Dad is 90. He has one more fortnight. I'm a map collector, so if you ever want to know about maps of Tibet, I'm the expert. Um, and uh, there's a certain kind of poem that's um, called a, uh, a crepastic. And that's about where you write a poem based on an art object or another object. So this is um, from, I wrote about this map which I saw in a catalogue. And the catalogue said, a map showing parts of Tibet and Xinjiang in China, marking the route of Dizi through the region. Thus, there are corridors of incredible detail, surrounded by large blank areas he did not survey. Marked on his route a Khotan, Yakan, once an important oasis on the Silk Road, and Kashgar. This map was published for the Geographical Journal House Magazine of the Royal Geographical Society, who awarded Deasy a gold medal the same year for surveying nearly 40,000 square miles of the Himalayas about an old map with blank bits. These old maps 
with their filled-in corners and blank empty spaces give me hope for a world where not everything is known. These white patches are not data, cannot be surveilled, cannot be vacuumed by intelligence machines, have people, mountains, languages and worlds that are not known. Give me the blank maps, the unknown reaches, the seas without direction, the skies without a compass or longitudinal clock. And um, a, a journal called Right Now got in touch with me the other day and, um, and they published this poem in their May issue. And by the way, this, this little book, uh, The Days Pass Without Name, I have for sale if anyone's interested. And um, this poem is called Maralinga, Nuclear Test Site, South Australia. Green glass ground, sand burnt by the bomb. Maralinga, poisoned air. Evaporated people, no animals, empty spaces. A past that stopped. Silent songs sung by the missing. You don't have to clap after each one. It kind of gets like, oh, God, I have to clap again. <laughs> it's very nice to be here. I've never been here before. I sort of was actually a little bit like, oh, my God, where is it? How do I find this place? You know, like it's not on Glen Ferry Road. <laughs> Yeah, you get a lot of points for finding it. This is totally the underground, absolutely. Anyway, we have a big um, conversation going at the moment about let's raise New Start. Oh, obviously. I mean, luckily, when I was a girl, you could actually live on the dole. <laughs> Imagine doing that now. It's not possible. Anyway, as a result, we know what happens. And this is um, my poem called Car Woman. I saw the woman who lives in a car today. She was probably 60 years old. Short, light brown hair, clothes of no colour. She sat in the front seat and was reading the paper. The seat beside her and the back seat are full of things. Some books borrowed from the university library and a disability parking permit on the dashboard. On the seats back and front there is stuff. I don't know what it is. It looks like no one has dug all the way to the bottom in a long time. There are large boxes wrapped in plastic on the roof rack too. Just enough space in the front for her to sit and hold the wheel and press the pedals. Every other corner is full up. The car's been there a few days, small red with battered sides of different colours and a national flag. Stuck in the rack. It's a shame when the country lets people fall through the cracks. One day I guess she'll be found, still sitting in the front seat, but no longer breathing. And the rest of us will look at the car and say, and just why were you waving that flag? <laughs> You may or may not know about the Brunswick Hotel, but it used to hold something called Passionate Tongues, and um, it had a flood recently, so it hasn't been working for a year or more. I'm not sure about the future of that building, but it seems suddenly prescient um, 
I mean, this poem somehow, I think, relates to that. The dead poets. Poets don't live long. <laughs> they die suddenly. And then there's a phone call and a funeral. There may not be a photograph. Actually, now there will be because we have Brendan over here and we have me and you know, Chuming and so on. But there used not to be, actually. Poets don't publish all of their work. Some of their best pieces are left behind on the back of supermarket receipts, yellow sticky notes, a few lines in a diary, and in half-remembered moments, breathing into a microphone in a bar somewhere before the pub was turned into an upscale block of flats for rich people who don't write poetry. <laughs> So I'm going to go back to the sort of more serious tone and read you a, a rather heavy poem, which um, uh, is based on a, an actual experience that I had. Um, so as I said, I've been talking to the chaps on Manus Island for four years. And um, two years ago, I got a call and the camp was under attack. And this is what happened. Good Friday shooting on Manus Island 2017. I wasn't there when the refugees were kidnapped by Australia's Immigration Department. I wasn't there when Australia built a detention centre beside a naval base, squatting like colonists on Manus Island. I wasn't there when the expert panel decided that Transportation to Pacific Islands would be an effective way of stopping the boats. I wasn't there to watch the Manusians grow tired of the refugees, see their vegetables become expensive, their soccer pitch occupied by foreigners. I wasn't there when a man was killed in the night and two locals were charged and convicted and two white men who joined in the killing were sent back to Australia and not charged for their crimes. I wasn't there when a local barmaid was gang-raped by Australian staff who went home and escaped the jurisdiction. I wasn't there when the great tradition was invented that white men are not subject to black men's courts. I wasn't there when Australia handed over dollars in brown paper bags to Papuan politicians who were paid to turn tricks. I wasn't there on Good Friday when the refugees and PNG sailors got into a fight about soccer whose turn it was to play footy and the game was suddenly over. But I was there on the phone in the night when drunken sailors came back with their guns stalking and shooting from outside the fence, the bullets going through walls and doors, men lying low on their beds or running in circles with nowhere to hide. I was listening to the running, the shouting, Farsi in English, the chaos and fear that this was the end. I was there for the farewell from the war zone. And though the sailors stopped shooting and no one was killed, I carried the moment I thought they would die. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Red alert. Numbers are needed at the Japurung Heritage Protection Embassy camps immediately. Sacred birthing trees on Japurung country need protecting. 
Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The cops are coming with eviction orders very soon. The campaign to protect country is led by Japwarang traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japwarang country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty. I think writing is the best medicine that you know can heal you so quickly. I want to talk about issues that we have in common between us. Because I recognize that in people. They want this sense of community, this sense of belonging, this sense of, yes, he knows what I think about, he knows what I'm talking about. It was poetry by the workers, for the workers, about the workers' work. It's just about facing those truths in your life. Don't put away your story. Be the puzzle. Not the piece. This is Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio. Don't get me started. Welcome back to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM or 3cr.org.au. My name is Brendan Bodsack. The program is Spoken Word. On today's show, we have just heard from Di Cousins, a live recording at Be Mused, an event held regularly at Resistance Bar in Hawthorne and convened by Chung Ling Wong. The uh, audio was recorded during the Melbourne Spoken Word and Poetry Festival on the 27th of July. To close the program, we'll hear from Chung Ling himself, recorded on the same night. Ah, this one's called Errata. I write a lot about the human condition and psychology. Errata. Blessed are you who avoid error. Blessed are you who shuns disaster, especially that which is of your own making, delegating the blame to others like any good executive would, could. There is nothing quite like a living guilt-free when you have porters bearing your sins, the luxury few can afford. Power is expensive, and I have very little. I've done the sums. So let me carry the dead weight of our heavy conscience instead, and relieve your narcissism of the only burden not attributed to yourself, accountability. Uh, let me see. The serpent. Be like a serpent. Cast off your scaly skin. Nothing worse than being trapped. Prisoner of your own self. Unable to grow or expand. Holding onto your preciousness of fear and of fragility. Wriggle free your liberty and discover that agility. For rigidity is mortis, like unshakable pride. And death's embrace 
It's the ultimate in humility that so is a fruitful life. And this one follows on. In gratis, sorry for the Latin, I cannot feed your mind. I cannot satiate your soul. Your insatiable hunger, it pangs me to my core that you refuse to open up your heart and mind's maws. Bowls full of love and kindness, spoons full of goodness, you staunchly, proudly refuse, and had me impugned. My love litters your path like some refuse trash strewn. Yes, I had a lot of um, psychopaths in my life. <laughs> yes, this sort of comes in waves, you know. This one's called Arid. There is some hope. Arid, we don't exist at all. I'm a mere mirage to you. An image with no feelings, a phantom of no substance barely noticeable at all. Within your haze, daze, self-conscious heat wave, caught within your ever-shrinking desert oasis and quenching pool, we fall through your fingers like sand. Everyone else but you is a fool, playing on your parched in Playing on your parched imagination, soon this desert will consume you, as will your mind driven mad, the whispering sand dunes taunt, unless you trick on forwards and be conscious of what's beyond, breaching your epic drought and into our quenching embrace. You've been listening to a live audio recording from the regular event at Resistance Bar called Bemused, convened by Chung Ling Wong. That was poetry by Chung Ling himself, recorded at the Melbourne Spoken Word and Poetry Festival on the 27th of July at Resistance Bar. That's the end of the show for this week. Please tune in every week, Thursday morning at 9am until 9.30, or download a podcast from... 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. For more information on poetry events happening around the city, visit www.melbournespokenword.com. My name is Brendan Bodzak. Thank you for listening. <laughs>